0: The night may be long and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go beyond reality. Welcome to the program. Great to have everybody here tonight with us as we kick off another week. Looking forward to have returning guest Mark Christopher Nelson, the positively psychic medium. medium. He'll be joining us tonight. We'll talk about paranormal investigations, exploring historic sites for signs of spirit. And uh, other activity, and also opportunities to connect with interdimensional beings. That's a lot to talk about in one program, but we're going to do that with uh, with Mark tonight. Looking forward to it, of course. Thank you to all the subscribers of both of the uh, YouTube channel and the Twitch channel. I just we had a nice bump in subscribers on the Twitch channel, and it's a little more cumbersome to subscribe on Twitch. You can follow for no charge, but on Twitch, if you subscribe, you either pay. There's a small charge for that subscription. Or you have to link it to your Amazon Prime account, which, if you link it to the Amazon Prime account, uh, there's no additional fee. But you have to do that, and you have to do it every month. But anyway, we just saw a nice bump there, so thank you for doing that. Our our followers have climbed on Twitch as well. Um, So keep sharing it for us. It's working, obviously and the same thing with our with our youtube channel those sub- subscribers and those f- those uh, numbers are climbing as well it's all part of getting this message out to a bigger audience and having more people involved in what we're doing i've been getting a lot of videos and pictures and stuff sent to me from um you know, on facebook generally uh, if you have something like that that you want me or have uh, any of us take a look at here uh, you should, uh, Mary Grace, I uh, get your hair cut by late. I know there's like five ladies and one guy in this place and I always get the guy and he does a horrible job. The ladies do a fine job. Anyway, um, send it to, send it to me on Facebook, go to my uh, fan page, JVJ Paranormal and send it there and we'll look at it. I, I did, as you know, took a look at the Gettysburg, uh, ghost video that had been circulating and receiving a lot of attention. I debunked that pretty clearly, and anybody who disagrees, I'd love to hear your thoughts, but it's pretty obvious when you really look at it, what's going on there. And I pointed out in that video, that video is still on my Facebook page, JVJ Paranormal, if you want to take a look at how I analyzed it. So if you've got something like that, I just had a guy say, I've got a video, it's got some really crazy stuff, I want want somebody to take a look at it, send it to me. Maybe we'll even use it during the show. I'd like to be able to do that. If it's something that that either I can, you know, demonstrate, there's something else at play here, not not something paranormal. Uh, I will point that out. If it's something that I can't explain, I will gladly feature that and point that out. Thank you for the subscription, Lost Boy. Um, but if if it's clearly faked, I probably won't won't point that out. If it's faked and it's obvious that it's faked, I probably won't give it much attention. Uh, most fakes are easy to spot. Some of them have become more difficult, but if you know what you're looking for, you can, you can see it. So anyway, a lot of great stuff coming up on the show. I thank you all for being here, and I thank you all for uh, participating in any way that you're doing that, whether it's uh, during the live show or you're listening to the uh, podcast after the fact. That's a great way. To keep up on the discussion and the programs, the podcast can be found on all major podcast distribution platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and others. And you could subscribe very simply. Just hit the subscribe button and the program will be downloaded to your device automatically. And it'll always be there for you. So when you are ready to listen to a particular episode, you can or you can go back in the archives and listen uh, to some of the older shows as well. Uh, a lot of great stuff. We've got like six, 700 episodes. I was actually doing some um, file maintenance earlier today, trying to back up some files. You know, we got to keep it's such a volume of, of material having done this show for over four years that, uh, you know, it takes up a lot of hard drive space. So we try to back it up and make sure we have duplicates of everything in case we have a crash. All that stuff, and uh, I, I was going back and s- to some interviews in 2015, and I know he said I've only been doing it four years. It's been syndicated for four years, but the show actually started in the fall of 2015, so we're going on a five-year mark for that. Um, email address: the best thing to do if you want to email something is send it to my producer uh, because that way I can, you know, he can filter out the the spam and whatever else comes in. Send it to a slick. Eddie, and Eddie is spelled with a Y, -Y. E-D-D-Y, SlickEddieEdwards.com. No, (laughs) SlickEddieEdwards at gmail.com. SlickEddieEdwards at gmail.com. That's right, Gene. I do use external hard drives for the backups. I just have to, it's organized because I've got a podcast version of the show. I've got a YouTube version of the show. I've got raw audio and video files of the show, and I have to back it all up. So it's it's a bit of a project that we get working on. And for those of you talking about merch, we do have, where is it? Where is it? We do have the Beyond Reality Radio coffee mug still. It's a great coffee mug. I'm not sure if it's on the website. i I got to check the website because we did redo the website. By the way, if you've been looking for the website, it has been moved. It is no longer at beyondrealityradio.com, and it is now beyondrealitywithjv.com, beyondrealitywithjv.com. Okay, that's enough of uh, this introduction. We've got to get to our discussion with Mark Christopher Nelson. Mark, of course, is the positively psychic medium. We're going to be talking about paranormal investigations, exploring historic sites for signs of spirits, and opportunities to connect with interdimensional beings. A lot of great stuff ahead on the program. It's beyond reality. Looking forward to to tonight uh, as we kick off another week here. Please support the program. Go to patreon.com slash That's J-O-H-A-W. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better. And dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Tonight, we're talking with returning guest Mark Christopher Nelson. He is the positively psychic medium. We're going to be talking about paranormal investigations, exploring historic sites, one of my favorite things to do, and opportunities to connect with interdimensional beings. Mark, welcome back to Beyond Reality. It's great to have you with us again.
1: JV, it's my pleasure. It was so much fun. And hey, thanks for the great uh, intro. I think we we can cover all of those things.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, but before we get into that, I just have to ask you, we haven't had an opportunity to talk to many psychics on the program recently, and it just seems as though every time you turn on the news, or op- I don't know if anybody looks at a newspaper anymore, but if you do that, or you, uh, you, know, you just look outside your window, things are kind of crazy. Uh, with all of this stuff going on, do you sense any unsettledness, in the energy that you perceive from being a psychic medium?
1: Yeah, um, I will tell you, uh, I did not... I, I Before everything happened with COVID, I kept feeling like, oh, there's going to be an earthquake coming. There's something big. I live out in the Los Angeles area, and I kept feeling like something lousy is going to happen. Some, And I wish I could be more specific, yeah. but I just kept getting this, like, there's something... Coming, it feels like a tidal wave or something. And so um, that said, we've been in the middle of a, a, a tidal wave of bad news. But my sense too is I think that 2020 is going to be the pinnacle of the wave, so to speak, uh, and that it's going to calm down. I feel like that. You know, this is not. I mean, are kind of like you know 9/11 when things mm-hmm. changed afterwards. We life changed a little bit, we all kept moving forward. I think that's going to be the case with this. I feel like that there is going to be resolution. I think there's going to be a lot of scientific breakthroughs that come through in understanding what we're dealing with. And I think that it's going to get better in 21. And uh, my sense is that we're going to all not be so fearful. I feel like that we're at the pinnacle of, like I said, of all of this. But. Um, bet on it getting better, bet on it getting a little easier, and for people to stop being so suspicious. It's like you have the virus happening. You have all the politics happening. And I think that they almost – there's an interrelated energy there where people are just so anxious. It's almost like, what's next? What's next? And so to everyone saying, what's next, I say, nothing bad. Calm down. Don't expect what's next.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think that uh, anxiety can lead to other anxieties. And I think that exactly. this un- unprecedented nature of the pandemic and the Lockdowns and the shut-ins and people being cut off from one another can't, and their their, their routines disrupted. And if you're fortunate enough, fortunate enough to have kept your job, uh it's just a, it's a you know it's a different way to go to work. It's a different way to participate in the workforce. And then there are many that lost their jobs. I mean that, that in itself, the number of ways the anxiety spreads to other parts of your life. It was that in itself was a it was an epidemic.
1: Well, one thing I'll tell you, I love the saying: the only person who likes change is a wet baby. And <laughs> We've been asked to change, adapt, yeah. move up, move down, <laughs> wear a mask, stay six feet apart. Don't go to work. Go to work. Work at home. It's just like everybody give it a friggin' rest. It is gonna get better, and I almost feel like that we're just, we're you know, if anything, if you learn and have confidence in your ability to adapt, then you're not as fearful. And I think that that kind of a, a, I don't know cultural anxiety is going to be tamped down there's always going to be people afraid and for many for good reasons but um i think it is going to be straightening out in a way that we can all kind of maybe exhale a little bit here's another funny thing how many people do you know if you say hey how you doing i'm fine it's like oh wait should i be really saying that no maybe i shouldn't No, it's like (laughs) yes you're okay it's weird but it's okay
0: yeah yeah. You know? Yeah, and and you said that you kind of had a sense, you felt, you know, maybe you felt like there's an earthquake coming and maybe that's metaphoric, or I'm not sure, but you felt something big was coming. When that energy yeah. starts to to make its way to you from the other side, is it, is it in the in in the form of like do you hear messages or do you is it just a sense that you get?
1: It's all of the above. It's all of the above. I'll tell you, I was on the actual real 9/11. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had to fly and I was Flying on that morning, uh, oh, wow. uh, I landed in Philadelphia between um, Washington and the, well, you know geography. You seem like a very bright guy. So anyway, <laughs> um, but the night before, I was like, I'm feeling freaked out. I got a, I'm so I sent my wife flowers. I mean, I'm, I'm living there, but it just as like a little surprise, I sent her flowers. I said, I get this funny feeling. I just need to tell you, I love you in an extra way. And so I sent her flowers, and she, she gets the flowers, and then she sees the planes crashing, and she um, kind of freaked out a little bit. Sure. So uh, that was – and so it'll come to me like I'll see a vision. I'll see people marching by. I see stories. I mean, I, I see people. I hear things. I also get, like um, – I, I believe very much in the ability of, of like, uh, feeling sense call me an empath I guess that's what it is even very more tactile like I do things with psychometry I have a lot of like I I attach um, I get a lot of messages attached to feelings and I have to pay attention to them and it shows up in different ways
0: what about uh, the reverse of that do you start get to get uh, positive vibes positive energies when you think there's a light at the end of the tunnel or when you start to sense there is
1: yes in fact that's what I'm really feeling like it's like um, I'm able to focus better. I'm feeling less frenetic. I feel like my energy is being um, kind of funneled into more productive uh, venues, avenues. I, I feel like my clarity of thinking is almost like getting lined up. It's almost like when we're going through a lot of stuff like we did. I feel like I'm staticky and like I'm having trouble picking up the signal. It's like, you know, our my bearings have been shifted or are shifting and now I feel like I'm getting a little more calm. I mean, I know we have the elections coming up. There's all these, you know, rumors, threats, but I'm supposed to tell people, and thank you for giving me a chance to do this, that we will get through this. It is going to be okay. It might be um, a few bumps, but I do believe things settle down.
0: I think bumps are part of life, and I think sometimes we get so things are going i i say this with a bit of a grain of salt because it's not true for everybody but things to be going things go pretty well for most people and then all of a sudden you've got it something like this and it's almost foreign territory when we have to um, deal with any kind of strife um you know we, we've got had it pretty well for a long time and if you look in history you know people have dealt with worse as you said mark we're going to get through it
1: we definitely will and also too one you know the only pandemic that um i'm aware of that even comes close to this was a hundred years ago that's right and most of us were not here a hundred years ago and even then they dealt with it differently part of what you know changes it for us is we're very well informed and sometimes we can be well informed with uh, good information or bad information but nonetheless there it is and so it can cause a lot of anxiety So, uh,
0: well, you know you, when you were on last time um, we talked about and I think uh, We've talked about this on a couple of occasions, but we've talked about how this all started for you, and it's an inspiring story. It's it actually is one of those stories you get a little a chill down your spine when you hear it. Tell us again how you woke up. To, you woke up to your spiritual sensitivities.
1: Well, thank you, JB. Um, it began when I was a kid. Um, my dad. Um, we used to live in New Jersey. As a little kid, my dad went to work in Brooklyn, and he was murdered in what we believe was a holdup, but we don't know the details. Um, this is in uh, when I was 11 years old and then uh, shift to after the funeral it was like in autumn he died at the end of September like almost to the day which is ironic which is that's really ironic I, it's hitting me as I'm sitting here wow. talking yeah. to you mm-hmm. I mean, he died I think on the 30th so it's like all right um, all right so dad has me here for a reason talking to you um, and I saw him after the funeral, a few weeks after the funeral. And I'm just a little kid and raised Catholic. Go, do what the priest tells you. Do this, do this. That was the extent of my spiritual uh, awareness. And so I saw Dad. I didn't know what to make of it. I mean, And I told him, please go away. And then I saw him again at school. And I was like, okay, uh, this doesn't compute. I hope I'm not cracking up. Because I don't even know exactly what that means for a kid to crack up. And so then I said, all right. Go away, Pop. And so then flash forward a couple of decades later, um, I, my wife and I just bought a house, a little girl, and I'm just thinking, it's like things are going, like you said, for the most part, pretty good. And I'm just thinking to myself, I wish my dad could see Barbara, meet Barbara. He would like her. He was, you know, he was a practical joker. I wish my dad could meet my little girl. She's fun. She's, you know, and then I kept hearing this voice in my head say, I, I have met them. I have, I know mm. who they are. And it's like, all right, all right, it's happening again. Am I cracking up? I don't really know how to compute with this. I'm, I'm kind of a guy that can, you know, more grounded. I always thought of myself as being very practical to the point of being a little boring. Sure. But then this happens. And so I'm thinking, all right, hey, voice in my head who claims to be dead, Tell me something I don't know so I can go validate whether I'm simply having a, you know, uh, an emotional mental breakdown or if this is for real. And so if this is something uh, of a different nature. So he told me, your brother Glenn is surrounded by green ivy and white walls. And that that sounds like a spy message that, you know, someone hands off, you know, in some exotic location. So I, I call my mom up, and she's, um, we were living, I was at the time in the Midwest uh, near St. Louis, in, in St. Louis area. And my mom was back in L.A. with my rest of my family. And I say, hey, Mom, I had this crazy dream. I wanted to couch it in a dream, not telling her I'm hearing voices in my head. Right. You know, because parents don't want to hear that you're cracking up. That's generally the rule. Um, so I, I tell Mom, it's like, hey, I had this dream about Glenn where he's surrounded by green ivy white walls, does that make any sense? He says, oh, yeah, that's so funny. Did you talk to him? He just got a job at a floral shop called Green Ivy. Does it have green ivy and white walls? Yeah, that's so funny. It's like, "Uh uh-oh, okay. (laughs) (sighs) That's unexpected. I just thought I was just, you know, having a brain fart or something. Right. So then um, I go out for another walk. It's like, okay, how did that happen? And take another walk, and I start asking, oh, my mom will love this. Dad says, Ask your mom about the baby blue negligee. And it's like, That's kind of ew. I really don't want (laughs) to ask dad, mom about the baby blue negligee. And you just ask her. It's like, All right. And so I'll just say, I had this dream. Mom, hey, I'm on the phone again. Yeah, I had another dream. It's like, um, I had this dream where dad was talking about a baby blue negligee. And she was like, What did he say about that? It's like, Oh, it touched a nerve. You know, so it's like, um not much just asked me to he just mentioned it in passing well it turns out that you know like 35 years after he died she had kept this one negligee i guess that had kept around from their honeymoon or something and so uh she kept it and then as a gift she gave it to me it's like hey that's great after she realized that i'm working as a psychic medium it's like I have a baby blue negligee from my mom, and I might have been conceived in it. This is really (laughs) kind of an awkward, happy little thing to get. You know, do I I really – I'll keep it kind of wrapped. Thanks, Mom. Okay, I don't know what the hell to do with this, but I got it. And so I started to get other messages. And then um, after that, I thought, all right, am I forgetting? Did Mom tell me about this? Did someone tell me about this in the family? I got to go somewhere where I don't know anybody, and by this time – uh, we had moved to a little town in Ohio. I walk into this bookstore and I said, "All right, this is a good cold test. I don't know anybody here. Let me see what I can get." And so I talked to the manager. I think I'm psychic. She goes, "Really? Oh, cool. What you want to? Uh, can I test? Can I read somebody? To read me?" And so then I got this. I started, you know, uh, seeing like almost like a, a very visceral memory where I see this young guy getting in a fight with, like, three other guys, and like, he got ganged up on and beat up and was home. And then I see him being convalesced by an older guy, and then it's almost like I get a whisper, oh, that's her dad. Her dad's taking care of her son. I said, Did your son just get beat up in a, by some boys at school? Is your dad taking care of him? She's like, "I well, yes, that's pretty good. Hey, do you want to read for us? And, it, I mean, I kind of stumbled forward like that. You know, so I started reading for them, uh, and I started to figure out how do I do this. I mean, at the time, the only guy I saw doing anything was like John Edward, and I watched him. And it's like, all right, I don't know how he does it. I read one of his books. I kind of got a handle on, okay, this is how he seems to do it. And so I started feeling my way around in the dark to a point where it's like, okay, I I need this to work. I don't need that to work. I need to go here to hear a message. I need to be calm need to be clear. I need to get out of my own way. I would do like, you know, uh, a mental exercise where I would say, okay, Mark, go take a nap. You you know, just go away. You're not needed here. Let's do a reading. And so someone would come in, and I would, to me, I learned that like me sending myself away was kind of like me saying, hey, worries, hey, ego, go go take a hike. You're not needed here. And it made it kind of work
0: it 's an amazing story, and I just want to take you back to when you first had the visions of your father did yeah. was he trying to communicate with you, or did you just see him
1: uh, no, he was trying to you know in hindsight, but Dad was trying to i mean he died in a very violent way, very sudden it was you know hard on everybody, and no one had answers they they didn 't they kind of knew that there was um you know the cops told us that he had walked into a mafia run bar at a very difficult time in new york city's history in the late late 60s and so um he came through i mean we were we were close to him he was good to us and the message was i'm okay i'm okay and he told me because i saw him smiling he looked whole he hadn't been injured or or you know disfigured as we were told that he had been right and so it was like all right um, dad's here. And I'm, and part of me was like overjoyed, but part of me was like you're not supposed to be here. I don't know if I'm supposed to see you. But the message was reassuring. And then I saw him again at school, and again the message was I, "It's it's reassuring. I'm okay. I'm here. Know that I'm here and that you can hear me. And I would say for anyone listening, JV, who's lost someone tragically suddenly or under any circumstance, if you get a visitation if someone comes to see you take a breath don't run and and be clear and and know that this is new for people on the other side too yep. you know it was new for my dad it was new for you know anyone that crosses over suddenly and they you know they no longer have to worry about eating they don't have to worry about their physical health and their thoughts it seems like, from my perspective, from what I hear, inevitably goes to the people that they left behind. They want to help them. They want them to know I'm really okay. It's not. It's not horrible. I'm not in the dark. I'm not afraid. I'm not dying. I mean, I'm not in pain. And and JV, I know you've you've done a lot of investigating and you've talked to people like me. You've had your own experiences, but so many people haven't been put in that position where they're told to say you tell them or I tell them or whoever tells them that you're, you're you're, the person that you love is not suffering. In fact, they're more worried about you. And I think it can be very reassuring. It kind of keeps people from, from flipping out, being afraid, being in pain. And that's really why I do a lot of this work. It's why I do it.
0: Yeah. That's, that's a great point. Um, We often think uh, we, we forget the the big picture here, and when we lose somebody, uh, we think it's all sad, and clearly the, there's there's grief involved, and clearly you miss people that you love when they mm-hmm. depart. Mm-hmm. However, as you just pointed out, it actually uh, for them in many cases it's it's a it's a, a better place, and they're okay.
1: It, to be more specific, it's like how many people have lost um, say a parent who's in a home; they can't walk; their their mobility is curtailed. They're stuck in bed. They can't move their fingers. And they inevitably come back and say, I can move again. I can stand up again. I, I'm, my back isn't bringing tears. The back pain is is gone. I'm, I'm no longer burdened with the physical problems I experienced in life. As much as, you know, there were good things, so many things at the end of our life. I'm no longer, like, interesting. like, say, with people who have had uh, mental illness, perhaps there is suicide, or a drug overdose. Whatever it would be, they come back and say, you know, that that illness was uh, affecting my physical brain. My consciousness, however, has survived the body, and I'm in a much better place. I'm no longer trying to reason, to think, to to be, while coping with an intense pain, be it emotional, physical, or whatever.
0: As you um, started to recognize your sensitivities and the ability to communicate, and at first it was a bit of a surprise to you and may have been a little bit frightening to you, but as you started to recognize how important that ability was, uh, how did you make the transition from just accepting it for yourself and recognizing you could use it to help other people who were dealing with things that you had dealt with as a child and uh, you know other people deal with every day?
1: it became very, very gratifying when it's like, all right, I'm hearing a crazy message. I I don't know if this is true, but it's making a difference in someone else's life. Um, I remember early on, there was this young woman who came to me, and um, the father of her daughter had gone out to the grocery store, like a short run, like I'm going down the block. He was robbed and killed for $20. And so um, she was you know, this poor young woman was in terrible pain. And this guy comes back and says, "Um, please tell her I'm okay. And she's saying they're 20 bucks and he says, yes, but I left you with an angel. I left you with an angel. And it turns out that they had named their daughter Angel and that this was meaningful for her because it made her realize that, all right, the guy, he isn't just how I identified him in the morgue, his consciousness is still um, beautiful. Yeah. handsome, compelling, there, wants to be there for me. I can, I can understand the idea that he's not here physically, and I'm okay with the idea that he's still paying attention to us and loves us still. And that's when it started to feel like, okay, there's a point to this. I'm not doing card tricks. I'm not, you know, right. pulling a rabbit out of my head. This has uh, implications for the way that people live, and I have to honor it. I have to honor it and that's what i've tried to do
0: oh, how long have you been at that point how many years ago was that kind of uh, that epiphany
1: um i'm going to say maybe uh 20 years wow. 15 years and then here's the thing though is that it keeps it, i keep feel like i keep peeling the onion mm-hmm. i keep finding out something new about it i keep finding out that oh i can do this with this oh there's someone here for that purpose oh i can I can understand that now. I didn't understand it before. Um, and part of this has been, like, I, I started out just doing readings, and then I went to doing platform readings, so I started to read for audiences. And then um, some guys, uh, some it was a paranormal investigating group, uh, saw me doing my work, and they were saying, do you think you could go into a house and tell us something? And it was almost like, I think so. I don't know because I haven't done this before. And so I went in and I went with them for this one experience and I was like, hey, I'm hearing there's a guy, Tom. There's more than one guy named. I just remember Tom, this one event. <laughs> like there's a couple of guys named here, Tom, Well there are three generations of guys named Tom that lived in this house. All right. And it was like, holy, holy smoke. I mean, I heard that right. And so, okay, let's see where else this goes. You know, it's like, Hey, if someone gave you a new bike and you don't know whether you can make it up the hill or not, or what, what am I going to do with this? You know, there, I still love this Saturday Night Live skit where Dan Aykroyd made something and he goes, hey, it's a floor wax and it's a dessert topping. <laughs> and, so, and that's kind of like what this is. It's like I can hear people, clients sit in front of me. I can get in front of a platform of people. I can go on a platform, hear lots of them, see them call out to me. I can go into a house. I do radio. Um, shows I you know I hear things from I, I can channel where it's like all right there this guy's coming through and he's trying to tell me blank blank and blank and and I just it a lot of it comes out of the way people are wondering it's like if they think I'm nuts but what I would just say is like get out of your own way step aside have faith that the universe is a friendly place that there is there are people in spirit who want to help you I mean I do protect myself with prayer and I try to be conscious that there are some very dark corners of the universe as well. And I'm sure that you've kind of you know, bumped into those as well. Yeah. But um, I try to be, I mean, those things almost sound like fire alarms if I'm going into kind of a bad joint. It's like, uh, all right, got to make sure I'm protected here because I don't like the feeling of it. And it's almost like you just get something that you know, messes with your stomach a little bit. It's almost like. All right, it feels very visceral. There's something not good here as opposed to, all right, I'm reading for uh, a guy who's coming through for his wife that they were married 60 years. He's telling me lovely things, and she's better now. Um, A lot of the paranormal, I mean, it isn't all vicious, horrible, terrible stuff, but, I mean, it's different more times than it's not from my easier, more loving experiences that I deal with. You know, a lot, a, reading for individuals.
0: Yeah, a lot of people talk about um, the clairs, you know, air, using air quotes here, you know, clairvoyance. Uh, talk, yeah. talk about those and how they affect the work that you do.
1: Well, you know what? Uh, my, my sense is that, let's say I've worked as a writer for a long time, that the clairs, that spirit, I'm going to call it spirit, it's going to use whatever I bring to the table. Let's say I have a, um, a pretty good sense of writing. Before I like before you you called, I was just sitting down jotting notes to see who's coming through. Um, the Claires are also um, Claire, there's Cla- audience sentient. Um, there's um, I, I don't know all of them off the top of my head, but I know that I mix them up. Mm-hmm. And so um, let's say someone is very um, emotionally attuned. Let's say, let's imagine that I'm fairly emotionally stable. Let's give that a go. Uh, <laughs> You know? Uh, but then what happens is, is like, I'll get, okay, your mom is telling me that uh, she was a practical joker, that she was like this and like this. I get emotional cues because I'm kind of built that way. But like, the funny thing for me is, like, I've always had a pretty good, um, I, I do this thing called psychometry, which falls under one of the clairs in terms of like being able to sense and feel. And, I I guess I just am very attuned to when I hold something, touch something, I can hear about it. So I would say for anyone that's wanting to explore, you know, your ability, let's say you're a dancer, you're you're a truck driver, or whatever it is, they're going to use, they being the spirits, your guides, whoever's trying to come to you, they're going to use whatever you bring to the table. You can sing if you're very articulate they'll use that if you're good at drawing they're going to use that because it's like it's almost like they don't care what you call me just I'm going to use whatever you've got to the, to help bring across the messages that I think someone needs to hear and so I, I find that a comforting idea that it's like I don't have to learn how to do this This says they're going to use what I do and so that applies to anybody who's listening if you think you're really comfortable and assert with one of the clairs, then they're going to use that. And it's going to make it easier. And then you'll find out that, all right, I'd also say don't restrict yourself. If you think you're good at one thing, you might on this spiritual journey figure out that I can also handle this, or this isn't upsetting, this is interesting. So um, there are great categories, but I also would tell people don't get hung up at any one. Uh, Also, too, the other wild card in this <clears throat> is the spirit that's coming through? Let's say you're channeling someone who is an accountant. All of a sudden, they're going to show you rows and rows and numbers. And I'm, and this has happened a lot. It's like, was your dad an accountant? Because he's just showing me one stack of numbers after another. It's like he's he's really good at this. Do you see all these numbers? He's showing me numbers stacked up. That's my dad. Okay, that's my dad. Um, uh, JV, was your dad kind of like a? fairly technically adept guy, like could he work with electronics or was he yeah
0: yeah that's yeah he he absolutely was um he actually uh, inspired me to get into radio because of his love for electronic gear and uh, he actually built radios with me as a kid okay
1: thanks yeah well, let me absolutely go at this what I'm seeing is like he was like um, very good at getting in and tuning fixing um wiring welding he was able to put things together in a way that was kind of like uh, second nature and that's part of what he likes what you're doing it isn't just a radio it's like he likes your um, ability to take uh, technology and use it when you investigate he seems to be really into that and he also it feels like that as much as he can he bonds with you over that all right um, um by the way and you're where and do you have like like i know you talked about being a beetle fan yeah. you have like are there concert posters up around you, like you know, go to the show? Any, like do you have any like old-style concert posters? Well you, you around you?:
0: It's really funny because I don't have any and people watching the YouTube stream will be able to see I don't have any right behind me. I've got some albums that are standing up behind me because I think they're interesting album covers. And then in addition to that, in our studio bathroom, which is right to my right, uh, I've got an Elvis poster from a uh, concert poster from like 1956.
1: Okay, well, I think that's your dad showing me these old concert posters, so and some of this old album rock mm-hmm, art. But mm-hmm. so that's how that's presenting. So what I would tell you is that he's he hangs around. He thinks it's um, really cool what you're doing. Um, um, uh, is there a, all right? Here's I don't know Maybe I'm. Is there an Elizabeth connected to you?
0: I have an. I had uh, an aunt Elizabeth, Aunt Lizzie. Um, she was actually my mother's aunt. Uh, mm-hmm. And she lived to be, uh, I can't remember exactly, 98, 99, and, and she died a few years back. But that would be the only Lizzie or Aunt Elizabeth that I can yeah, think Liz, of. Yep, mm-hmm.
1: All right. That sounds, I don't know why she's popping up. Um, maybe we'll figure out as we go. But um, those are some of the things that I just saw quickly about dad. Um,
0: well, could, if you don't mind me asking you, because my, my audience will know that very frequently, Mark, I'll be sitting here doing the show, and to my right side, I think there's a man standing there. And I'll look over. Of course, there is no man standing there, but mm-hmm. it looks very clear in my peripheral peripheral vision. And it happens. It hasn't happened so much in the last couple months, but there was a period where it was happening quite often.
1: Well, sometimes they feel like they, they want to be close to you. Did Dad have, like, a respiratory issue? My father, okay. died,
0: my father died from complications of lung cancer.
1: Okay. All right. Well, we'll call that a hit. Um, dad... Is, but he's telling me that he's okay now. He, I mean, clearly he's okay. That was connected to the body. And um, that's how he, he comes across. I'm not coughing anymore. I'm not pain, no pain in my chest. I'm not feeling that. I'm feeling better. Um, and he's dang, dang, damn proud of you, all right? Um, um, so wow.
0: That
1: that's how he comes across with that. Wow.
0: Um that's that's amazing, Mark, and and it's actually quite comforting. So thank you for that. Thank you for that message.
1: Uh, my pleasure. Well, um, did all right. Maybe I'm going too far. Did he have to wear glasses, like pushing them up his nose a lot?
0: <laughs> well, in the I mean, he he died, he passed away when he was 69 years old. He wasn't that old uh, from, as I said, an illness. Um, but for the 20 years prior to that, he had reading glasses. In fact, uh, it's funny because he'd have to put them on for anything. And I've got a pair of his reading glasses. In my hands right now that I'm showing, I'm showing <laughs> okay. the the ah, camera. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Well,
1: he brought up the glasses, because I kept wanting to like. I mean, I wear glasses. Like if I'm reading something, and I, you know, sometimes you with to push up for your nose. And so we brought up the glasses. If you're holding his glasses, he's saying, "Hello, buddy. How are you? Miss wow. you. Love you. All right." So that's how he's that's how he's rolling. Okay. Um, and just um, just love. You know. I mean. They don't have to overthink it. There's no like, oh gosh, I'm gonna, I'm a guy saying I love my son, and he loves you. So that's fairly straightforward. Okay, um, it's nice. Yeah. So
0: that is nice. I, I mean, I've got a very good, warm feeling from from what you just said to me. So I appreciate that. Thank you for that. My pleasure. Um, I'm talking tonight with Mark Christopher Nelson, and Mark was kind enough to uh, talk a little bit about my father. Mark and I didn't talk about any of that prior to the show. We haven't talked about it before. Um, And a couple of things that Mark said about my dad were spot on. Plus uh, the fact he mentioned uh, my father being... Uh, I don't. I don't know how Mark how you put it, but you said welding. You said some things like that. My father yeah. was one of these guys. that was a jack of all trades. He, um, he and I basically built a house. Well, I say he and I. He did all the work. I just kind of carried things for <laughs> him. Yeah. And he did. You know, he was a plumber. He was an electrician, and uh, he was uh, he was into electronics gear. And um, he inspired me to uh, basically be where I am today because he his his interest in music and electronics gave me that. Passion as a kid, it led me to my career in radio, and it's how I ended up here. So, again, um, we didn't talk about any of that ahead of time, Mark, and I appreciate you taking the time um, to make it a little bit personal for me. That's nice. So thanks for that.
1: Well, well, J.V., your pop showed up, and so I just had to say, hey, all right, he's here. Okay, got it, got it. Does that
0: happen? I mean, you're talking to me, and and my father knew that and decided to, talk. um, you know, send energy to you, however it works, to come to me? I mean, does that just happen without you having to seek it out?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know what? I mean, I I put myself in a position to where I'm kind of relaxed. I mean, I'm playing with you. I'm being kind of a a nutty. I'm just goofing. I'm goofing with you. I'm playing. But part of that is like, okay, Mark, just shut up and listen occasionally. And then I hear it, and then I have to pass it along. And I think that, you know, it's like I'm – very thrilled that I can do this, but I'm, I'd just be this guy with a dumb look in my face if people in spirit didn't show up and give me, a, you know, throw me a bone. So um, I'm, I'm very grateful that your pop just wanted you to know that it's, everything's cool and that, you know, he's aware of you. And it was like, I'm not looking for it, and then I'm just kind of, it almost feels like, oh, I forgot I knew that. And then I see this guy pushing glasses up in his nose, and then I see <laughs> this guy coughing, and my chest hurts all of a sudden. It's like, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, it doesn't feel good, and then I see him being, like, really able to focus in and take care of tiny details, and it just starts to, it's like, I just want to throw it out there, you know, and I reserve the right to be wrong sometimes, and since I do that, I'm not really um, overcalculating. I just kind of, you know, spit it out as quick as I can.
0: Let's talk about... Um... Guides, you work with spirit guides to help you yes. manage this communication. Do spirit are spirit guides specific to each individual person? Person, are they are spirit guides? Is it the same group of guides that everyone accesses? How does the that that part of this work?
1: Well, I think that the guides that uh, JV, you have guides. You may not be aware of it. Um, I have guides, and you know, does my guide double team somewhere? Yeah, he might, but you know, you know what it is. Is like I have kind of a group that I think of. Um, I have my dad was the first one to show up and say, "Hey, th- you're going to meet some people. They're not bad. They're going to be here to help you, and they seem to have uh, special points of reference. Like one of my favorite guides, guy that shows up, and it's like they'll do. They'll look familiar. They'll want. They want you to recognize them to not be afraid." You're not going to show up in, as, a, as a vision of something that you're going to reject. Um, so I have one guide that I, I think a lot of Americans, all just it's kind of a generalization, but I think that many of us were raised with the idea that Native Americans are probably a little more spiritually attuned. Right. Um, that is as gro- a broad a generalization as there can be. But because of that, the guides, if, if um, my guide said, oh, Mark thinks that you know uh, Native Americans are more inclined to be spiritual. And that I'm not saying they're not. I'm just saying it's like we're going to operate with what he thinks he knows in order to communicate. And so I have a really cool guy that shows up. He seems like a um, more, much more contemporary Native American, but he's just easy for me to talk to. And so he'll show me things. And then I have another guy that looks more like um, Bob Vila from, you know, um, <laughs> You know out of this old house, it's like it's like, Mark, you're screwing it up, you're going too fast, you know it's like go get a phillips head, go go but it's they tend to be metaphors for what I'm trying to sort out, and so they'll use them and so I would say that everybody has um guides that appear as like as if they were tailor made for them. That was been my experience so Let's say you're comfortable with dealing with a guy that, you know, he he operates the bait shack, or he's the hard, guy in the hardware store that always goes in the back and finds the thing you're looking for. That could be your guide, you know, or the guy in the electronics store. Say, yeah, I got him. You know, I've got a converter. Hold on. And but the, the metaphor, the the belief, or the the idea is that they're going to come back with something you need. If you're someone that. You know, whatever your needs are, whatever they—they just—it's almost like they don't—I don't care what you call me, just call me, and they show up, and then they want you to be not afraid. I mean, my brother Steve—I have a brother named Steve. He's in the other room. God bless him. Um, He—I think my guide chose the name. Just call me Steve because he knew I would be kind of comfortable
0: with. Him. Right. Do you yeah, so. do, do do the gu- Are the guides um, basically? Are they just? spirits that have assumed that role or are they a special kind of uh, entity
1: it's a great question i i would say that the guides like i think that my dad came through as almost like here i'm going to show you so you're not afraid of what you're walking into i'm going to be here to reassure you and then i have another guy that uh, i see him as my grandfather he may uh, if i have a financial question my grandfather was um uh, a very uh, very well-known, very accomplished uh, accountant, and he ran the, like the like a big office, uh, part of the IRS in New York, and so I, I'll. It's almost like he says, "Yeah, you have a financial question. I'll I'll show up as grandpa and I'll be okay with you." I do think that they have different specialties. I'm not sure if I'm answering your question. I'm I don't mean to ramble.
0: No, you are. You are. Um do we all have a way to access those guides obviously people like you mark have a heightened sensitivity and ability to cross that bridge maybe it's because you've been doing it and you get better at it over time kind of like you know if you're a piano player you get better the more you do it um or or is it is there are there barriers to for some of us because i don't feel like i have that ability at all
1: well you know one i would say that you know like uh i'll say this i'm a dreadful singer But if you put me in a group of people and it's a song I know, I can kind of not horribly embarrass myself. You know, that's not my strength. So, but um, can I sing? Technically, I'm singing along a rhythm line so that technically I'm a singer and I haven't, you know, made people cover their ears. So that's a good day for me. But um, the idea that, J.B., you may have really, um, I mean, it took me a while to kind of wake up and be open to my ability. And that um, part of it, I mean, we all have different reasons why we don't want to look. Yours may not be as sharp as others, but you, I would say that in a pinch, you might be very surprised. I mean, I hear all kinds of things. And, you know, one of them is that um, in an emergency or in a, a time of heightened need, I got a message and it turned out to be useful. And so I would say that all of us have some level of ability, and then it comes down to it 's like uh, i 'll use the singing analogy if someone wanted to waste a lot of time teaching me to sing not dreadfully, I would get better. but um, it, it would probably not be a, a, the best use of my time, although I might I would love to be able to sing better because I, I like music, I like listening so in in your case, you may have more of an ability, and you 're not aware of it. People also too. Um, They may see themselves as being creative, and they are creative, and they're good at coming up with something. I I contend that if you have a creative mind, you're probably um, somewhat intuitive. Because I've always felt that, like, the arts, someone being creative, being able to write, being able to do something off the top of their head, the other side of that coin is intuition. They just haven't really taken, you know, honored it or been afraid of it or whatever reason. So if you're able to, like, intuitively figure things out, you may be doing this based on experience, ba- based on a good guess, uh, based on your education, but there also is going to be part of it where it's like, just feels like I should try it this way, you know? And so I would tell anybody that you probably have some ability. Also, too, um, I would say the one thing that in our modern world, JV, is that people... Don't let themselves find quiet. I mean, we've got so many cool little devices to let us listen, do, tune in, pay attention, get a twit, you know, get tweets, get, you know, be updated. If you can find, carve out a little quiet, it's really hard for spirit to um, compete sometimes with all of our little devices and energies that we surround ourselves with and say before I do a reading, I'll just close the door and i and i I'll do a meditating and my meditating can fall under two categories one uh I need to clear my head and relax, and two, I want to clear my head with the idea that I want someone to show up and tell me something I don't know so it's kind of like one is almost like I'm going on a a little hunt, the other one is just I need to kind of clear my clear the decks. And see what happens. But I always have to do the clear to decks first, although sometimes I don't even have to do that. It almost, I just slip into, okay, someone's telling me, oh, your dad's here, and he's telling me, blah, 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 blah. And I just start going because I kind of, uh, jumped into it, almost snaps in, you know, I don't, I don't know if that makes sense. It
0: does. Let's talk a little bit about your investigative, um, your paranormal investigating. You kind of mentioned you, you didn't really think about it much. You were asked to do it. What was your experience when you actually went into a place that was active, um, as a medium, um, describe it for us and tell us how that helped other investigators work.
1: Well, um, i work with a great group, um, uh, Pacific coast paranormal, um, uh, shout outs to Stefan, Tara, Mike. Okay, enough of that. Uh, I love those guys. But um, I, I kind of act like the bird dog. And my wife, Barbara, also, she's a wonderful counterpart because she's good at, like, being calm in the face of doors slamming and things sliding around when they're not supposed to be. So um, we all will go out together and we'll see things. But what I do is, like, I'll walk up and they'll say, is there anything happening here? And I'll say, it's like, Yes, there is. There's. I see a guy that hung himself in the garage. There is this hanging body in the garage. Go put mics over there. Okay, you know, put some. Let's make sure we got that covered. <clears throat> or I'll get, okay, there's, I mean, I like I did, I mean, I, one place I'd walk up and I see, okay, in spirit, there's like four guys in Harley sitting around, and they look like they're really born to be bad. I mean, they're bad to the bone. And I walk into the house and I smell, like, in spirit. I say, "Okay, someone shot handguns off in this little room." And the owner says, "Okay, yeah, over here, um, we have." I said, "I smell cordite. I, I know what a, I know what gunpowder smells like." And they're saying, "Yeah, we, when I moved in here, I had to fill bullet holes in the walls around here and here." Okay well i know who did it and this is and then i just have to go with it and so like um you know one of the most recent like I'll t- one that was really creepy for me i went to the what they call the jaws house one of my all time creep outs was going to this house that, um connected to the black dahlia oh yeah mm-hmm. and i believe it was with um the producers from ghost hunters mm-hmm. asked asked me Come along and see if you see anything here. I know how it works, where they look for a couple of storylines, and they brought me along because I did uh, a show uh, for Haunted History, and so then they brought me in. What do you get here? And I walk up, and it's this. Um, it's called the Sowden House on Franklin, in like the East Side of Hollywood. And I walk up, and I see this little kind of, kind of a small guy in spirit. Dressed very much in like '40s type clothes, and I and I and I'm and I'm seeing him. And he's staring at me, and I go, "Oh, he's a doctor." Oh, oh, I get it. Oh, and I went right to the producer before anybody started talking, and I said, "Hey, before anyone says anything and pollutes the environment and, and accuses me of overhearing it, if a doctor lived in this house in 1947, he's the one that did it." And they're like, "Okay, <laughs> that that's kind of it." Okay, you know, and so. I, I see people in spirit, and they they show up. And also, too, they tend to know I can, and so I tend to like get reactions. Like they'll 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 bug me. I I I talked to um, I sent a video to uh, Eddie, and um, it was like the last. I've never had someone use an SLS camera. Do you know what an SLS yeah, camera? Yeah, I is? sure
0: do. Mm-hmm.
1: And so. Um, I went into this house, and I said, there's someone punching me in the face. And they turned the SLS camera, and there's like this imp guy, like, like punching me right in the cheek. And it's like, okay. And They're like, we're watching him punch you in the cheek. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, call me the bird dog. I'm like, they, they don't, you know, they'll show up, or I'll say, there's someone tapping me in the back of the head. I can see it. And they turn the SLS camera. once again, there's this huge, you know, figure, like, much taller than me. And so because they know that I'll pick up on them, they tend to kind of like go after me. It's almost like, um, let's say you're in a foreign country, you're out in the sticks, nobody knows you, and then you hear some guy speaking English, you kind of go to him yeah, because you know it's like, oh, I can, I can connect with this guy. And so it's kind of what happens. And it's, I mean, it's amazing and it's, it's a little, you know, the, the Southenhouse guy was uh, this little nasty doctor who, um, actually, it's the only time I had something, what I would call, we've heard people say, oh, it followed me home. Well, I right. really think it did. Um, the reason why is my wife, Barbara, and I, I mean, we're very blessed. We've been married a long time. She puts up with me. She didn't call me crazy when I said I think I hear things. That counts for her. So um, i And we've had, like, maybe one or two big fights in our whole marriage where we're just, like, screaming at each other. Well, we get back from the Southern House and then for some reason we just kind of turned on each other and it's like we went into like arguably one of the worst fights and then it's almost like, wait a minute, wait a minute, we just came out of a house with a serial killer spirit that was there and he, so far as I can tell, murdered a lot of women. Now you and I are having like a real screamer and we haven't had one of those since we were kids. All right, I think that oh, okay. This really nasty spirit kind of it isn't possession, but it's oppression. There's a bit of a difference. There's a big difference. Yeah. Um, and so uh I feel like I'm getting a bit oppressed and I'm being influenced to do something I would not normally do. Barbara too. And so we both basically said, Okay, go back to our corners. I'm I don't really think I'm that mad at you and I don't even know why I would be that mad at you. So That was like a real thing that got me, where it's like, okay, we gotta, that's why I say it's like if you go into a place, don't just think that you're there and that it can't get you. Because, uh oh, in this one last place, I, I don't always buy, oh, I got scratched, I got touched. I got scratches in the back of my neck. And this was after the SLS camera was picking up on it. That, I think, in rare occasions does happen. Not every episode, that's not real, I don't know if that's true, but I literally got some scratches in the back of my neck and said, look at this. This hurt. I feel this. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not bleeding terribly, but it's like there's scratches. That it feels like in the back of my neck. And sure enough, and this camera really kind of blew my mind. It's like, I I know I'm seeing things, but this thing was like, we're watching this thing hit you. You know, it's like, holy, you know, holy shit. That's kind of didn't expect that, you know. So, and I'm I'm sure with your experience, you've seen like the fact that, some of these conscious beings uh, do or don't like being investigated. they yeah. react differently.
0: Yeah, they, they all react a little bit differently. And I want to ask, after that experience where you had at least some energy uh, follow you home, attach itself to you, which affected what happened to you when you got home, do you do anything differently now when you uh, yeah. investigate?
1: Oh, well, um, I I say prayers. I surround myself. I mean, I use holy water. I mean, I'm still... Even though I, you know, the Catholic Church may or may not agree with everything I do, uh, there's a Mark 9, 38, 39 is a reference where um, the the apostles come to Jesus and say, "Hey, there's some guy driving out, you know, driving out evil spirits in your name." I think that's the exact reference. And he and he says, "Should we make him stop?" And he says, "Nope. Anyone doing something in my name is is you know is operating in you know for me." Anyone who's with us can't speak against us. Well, when I get into a situation like that, I do kind of like say, okay, I recognize that there is such a thing as a non-human entity. Sometimes they can be um, spirits. Sometimes, I mean, they can be uh, – I, I, I'm very blessed. I haven't dealt with a demon, but I think that it's possible that they're out there. I also think that they're interdimensional beings – that um, they don't fit what I thought. I mean, I and I, you don't know what you're getting. Sometimes it's like that's not human. That doesn't feel like my grandmom or a guy that you know horseshoed you know put horseshoes on and murdered the wife. You know, it doesn't feel like this kind of guy. It, it feels different, and so. Um, that's when, like, say, some of our my friends will bring out equipment, and we'll find that's a portal. That is that feels like a portal because I'm getting all this energy over here. That's happening there, and so, but like this one last place where you know I saw in the SLS machine little green men touching yeah. me in the head, yeah, and I and I thought, okay, this this is not it doesn't feel human because it, I don't know how else to put it. It just as much as I thought I saw your dad, you know, having a really good time working with, you know, electronics. I see these guys, and I think, that doesn't feel human, you know. It feels something else. But then again, I mean, I will use, you know, I'll say uh, a prayer to Michael the Archangel, or I'll say our fathers, I'll do whatever it is. And if it's something that was um, human, they tend to react to that, either get away, they're quiet, they get pissed off, they throw things, you know. But this one seemed to have like no bearing. And then the other funny thing, like again, this one last one, I heard what sounded like a hissing, like a language, and it's like, all right. And so we picked up something on a recorder. God bless my buddies at um, Pacific Coast, they're good guys. And they caught something, we're hearing something too, and it's like, I'm telling you, it sounds like hissing. It sounds like kind of a hissing. So it made me think, um, what the heck is that? And this led, actually, our group. We did this thing. um, We explored um, close encounters uh, of the fifth kind protocol. I don't know if you're aware of that. It's where the movies, close encounter, first kind, third kind. And fifth kind is kind of a spiritual opening. There's a Dr. Stephen Greer who has, um, I think he's, And I I have no relation to him, but he seems to. um, He told he he, my one of my friends was aware of his work. We wanted to see if through all of us meditating and being clear and seeing in the same property where there was um, bizarre behavior and issues like um, one of the owners was actually getting hurt and harassed and seemingly I thought okay, is this our first demon and. That I've had to deal with, and I gotta hope not. I'm not, I mean, it's gonna test my faith, you know? And then I go in here, and it's like, it doesn't, it's not really demonic, I don't think, but what the hell is it, you know? And so I think that we might have been dealing with kind of an interdimensional, which is kind of like takes my, my ideas about what I thought I knew about the paranormal and takes it to a place that I wasn't planning on going. I don't know if you've dealt with anything like that, but it's kind of interesting. Yeah,
0: it's very interesting. Um, we're going to find ourselves out of time here, Mark, so I want to move through a, little, a couple more things. And I want to know, uh, you've had a lot of very interesting experiences when you've investigated. Have you ever had the benefit of a uh, non-technology-assisted full-operation sighting?
1: Yes. <laughs> it was, um, pretty early on. Um, I did a reading at my cousin's house in New Jersey. And so it turns out that uh, my cousin and her husband bought the house from his mother, and she died in the house. So I did a reading, and I'm getting all kinds of stuff. She did this. She did that. She's thankful for this. Like, like you know, like, She says, you covered up all the green. She says, well, we have aluminum, new aluminum siding underneath the siding. It's all green, old paint. Okay, well... She's telling you she likes that you covered up the green. And she said that these, while these, you know, she's just giving details. And so uh, when we wake up, um, this one when my daughter was just a few, uh, like, two years old. Uh, she was sleeping in a, in a guest bedroom in the same house where my uh, cousin's mother-in-law died. Um, we hear Katie crying in the middle of the night. Barbara's, I'll get up, I'll get her. And so I'm sitting there, okay, I'm awake. I'll wait for Barbara. I'm not falling asleep because it's getting to be like, like almost 5 in the morning, and um, I'm waiting for her to come back. And I kind of turn my head, then I turn back, and I see this uh, sweet old lady wearing a a nightgown. And it's like, okay, where are you from? And she just smiles and just kind of... And I see her from, like, her knees up because of the bed. And she just smiles and looks at me, and then she just disappears. And it was as if someone threw uh, ice water on me and gave me an electrical shock all at the same time. It's like, I'm up. All right, what the <laughs> heck was that? All right, I know who that was. And then I go out and I talk to my, we'll call him my cousin-in-law, who's like getting up to work in the city. And I go, hey, Perry, um, this may sound weird, but do you ever see your mother around here? Just, yeah, I said, well, you should have told me. <laughs> you know, it would have been nice to know. But she literally came through. And other than seeing my dad when I was a kid, seeing my my cousin's mom, my mother-in-law, she was clear, she was sweet. She was just like, hello, dear, how are you? And then just gone. And that just, that really, I couldn't go to sleep. And then Barbara's, and I know I was awake because I talked to Barbara, I'll wait for you to come back. And then I'm sitting up in bed and I'm not expecting to see anything i'm off duty i did my reading earlier i was already dealing with that i don't need any more. you know i'm all full up and then she showed up and she was just sweet as pie and it was pretty freaking amazing yeah. and then you know you just when you don't ex- i think a lot of the time they show up when you don't expect it i mean it's you
0: know. i think that's probably why we don't have better pictures because you're never prepared when you actually have that particular encounter
1: No, and the timing isn't good. Oh, we're going to go fishing. All right, that's a great fishing hole. Well, let's see if you get anything. You know, um, and I would just say with this, it's like, or if you go and do an investigation, all right, they may show up and show you something before you even get your camera set up. That's right. You know, it's like, holy shit, I wish I had that. It's like, yeah, well, they know, and they kind of just want to mess with you. If they're conscious beings, they're perfectly capable of messing with the investigators.
0: Do they have, do, 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 do the spirits that uh, you would communicate with for, uh, on the behalf of somebody who's trying to communicate with the other side, do they have an agenda for us? Is Do they have a, a goals and objectives for us that they're trying to guide us to?
1: Yeah, I would say that um, my clients, they want more than just saying, oh, I got your father's name, all right, next. No, dad comes through and says, "Hey, that uh, person you're dating is gonna make a mess of things." Or it's like you're gonna lose your job, but you're not supposed to freak out because this is gonna happen. So they come through just because, like uh, for example, when your dad passed, he didn't stop caring about you. He didn't stop paying attention. They don't stop loving us. They don't stop caring. They and and to that extent, if you know. They want to give you a little bit of friendly advice. Hey, I love you. Don't do this. Or, hey, look out for your sister. Or get your wife to check out that thing on her shoulder. That's not, uh, that, that may be more than assist. I mean, I get stuff like that. So they'll, they'll tell you stuff with a purpose. They want to be of comfort. They want you to know, hey, I'm still here. I love you. I don't know what you're doing, or I do know what you're doing. And I've had them come through with this benign stuff as, like, you really need to get the the brush cleared from the backyard. I mean, I've had that where it's like, I was just thinking about doing that. So, well, your dad says you need to. And so it's funny. It's like whatever it is that your need is, wherever you are in your, your life, they come through with stuff that can be useful. And it's really comforting. It isn't just all the same stuff because um, – you and I probably could find a hundred. I love the Beatles too, you know, and I, and I like doing radio and I like doing, but there's things that are just you and your dad very likely is going to know those things that are just you and may bring it up, you know? And so that's the way it is for everybody, the, the parents, the loved ones, the kids. Um, I've, you know, uh, I'll, uh, one last quick example. I'm working sure. with a lovely lady in India. Her name is Tanvi uh, K- Kapoor, I, found, I probably said, said her name wrong, but Tanvi, <laughs> K-A-P-U-R, P-A-K-A-P-U-R. And she and I connected. She saw me do a show, and then she asked me to look at this um, very tragic young uh, movie star in India that died under mysterious circumstances. I, I paid attention. I did a reading. He came through. That was relevant for her. That was relevant for their audience, and many of the details that came through seemed really important. I was honored that this young man in spirit was was there, and so um, that it's just really fascinating. I just it all depends on what you're there for, who's there, and then a lot of times people in spirit want to clear the air, so to speak. They want you to know this didn't happen to me. This did. Please look at this, or tell someone I know that like a. Tell a loved one that I didn't commit suicide. This is different. This is not it. I did not do this on purpose. Or something else complicated it. That happens a lot where people are feeling terrible. They lost a loved one. They thought had committed suicide when, in fact, they didn't commit suicide. They, it was an accident. Or they contributed to their own passing and they admit it. But it, it provides some relief because people don't want to think it's like, if I had done this and this, maybe I could have saved him or her. And they're saying, no, I I take responsibility for what happened. It was me being a screw-up. I did this. Please forgive me. That kind of message matters.
0: It does. It matters significantly. I do want to ask you a difficult question, and maybe there isn't an answer to it. Um, But you mentioned suicide. When you do communicate with somebody who took their life that way, is there any difference in the communication?
1: Um, No. They usually, I mean, they will come through. It's like, I... I take responsibility. Um, I, I would say that the, I mean, virtually every circumstance, it's a physical thing that uh, they're dealing with a disease of the mind that is influencing their mental uh, functioning. Their consciousness is mired in an unhealthy physical brain. People come through almost inevitably saying, that if they had done this, they're saying, you know, I'm I'm better now. I see where I made a mistake. My brain wasn't, I was unclear. I was, you know, and 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 what's an interesting hard place is when someone dies, say, from a, an accidental drug overdose, and people think, oh, he died or she died without leaving a suicide note. It's like I wasn't planning to commit suicide. This was an accident. Yeah. And then they they want you to know, but or those even those that did commit suicide, they come through with saying. I, I was unhealthy in my mind and that this is, you know, I'm so sorry I put you through this and thank you for taking care of my cat. This one young girl came through once, thank you for taking care of my cat, my cat has fur balls, don't feed it this. And it's like, all right, she says her cat's throwing up fur balls, does that matter? And you have her cat and she says it's fur balls and you're saying yes. Okay, well then it just becomes further confirmation that I'm just not really good at guessing. You know?
0: Had a question scroll through our chat room here. Um, have you ever had an instance, or does it happen with any regularity, where you you're trying to communicate with somebody on the other side for someone, and you just that you just can't make the connection? The spirit, for whatever reason, won't communicate with you.
1: That does happen sometimes because I'm I'm a radio. I'm like the radio. You turn on the channel, you put on the power, and if it's not in the radio, I don't always hear it, but. I would say that that is very seldom the case. Um, The other thing that's interesting, too, is that um, someone may want to speak with their father or mother, but it could be someone younger in spirit that comes through or someone else that they weren't aware of. I mean, when I'm doing platform reading, I feel like I'm looking out on a sea of potential people to talk to, and it's like, how do I choose? And that same phenomena can happen when it's like I'm just talking to someone on the phone. I do most of my work, 98% of it, especially lately, is by phone. And it, someone that you weren't really planning on coming through comes through. And that's because they felt like they shouted at me just a little louder than the other folks. I have a good analogy for people wondering about this, is that I like to tell people we live you know those, like, uh, uh, medieval tapestries where they span walls and they're huge and some, some you know, they're made with needlework and it's astonishing accomplishments and you see these beautiful images. And then on the other side, the back of the tapestry, is a bunch of strings and knots. We live on the side with the strings and the knots.
0: <laughs> Interesting.
1: So, that's and so we see, like, what the hell is that? What, what's that? I yeah. don't get that. What's pretty about this? And you see it on the other side, and you go, oh, I got it.
0: Right. Got it. That's a great way to put it. Uh, Mark, we're going to run out of time here. People um, uh, have an interest in uh, con- consulting with you and maybe making some of these connections. How are they able to do it?
1: You go to marknelsonmedium.com. And I've got, um, uh, you'll see that my, uh, you can directly schedule um, readings right there. Uh, I have a phone number, I believe, that is there as well. Or you just go through email. And then sometimes my my schedule online is not as up to date. as like I've got stuff hopping like in front of me that I just haven't always, it usually updates automatically in the site. But if you contact me through email and say, I'm, when can you be available, I can, certainly work at being available. What's your I'd me- be honored.
0: And what's your message for people? I mean, particularly in a time of pandemic, and I'm, I haven't had anybody uh, that I'm personally close to uh, suffer from the COVID pandemic, and I'm sure there are people that have. So whether it's COVID-related tragedy or it's just death in general, what's your message for people in trying to deal with that kind of grief?
1: Consciousness survives the body. So as much as, like, you weren't there with them in spirit um, when they passed because you, they wouldn't let you in the hospital, know that they know this. Know that it's just, they're not just stuck in the room. Once you can leave the body, you can visit. You can say hello, and you can be there to comfort the people that you love. Also, too, if you're just by yourself and you're, you're missing your mom or your brother or whoever it is, just say a prayer and say, I'm thinking of you. They will hear it they hear it. They tell me this all the time. I heard that. I heard you praying. I heard you, you did this, you did that. They know. And so take comfort in knowing that if you weren't there physically, you can still communicate and know, and they heard you and they love you and it hasn't changed.
0: Terrific and inspiring message. Thank you so much, Mark. It's always great to have you here. I hope uh, we don't wait so long to have you back on the program again, because it's always a great night when you're with us
1: you're an easy guy to talk to. I'm sure you may have heard that once or a thousand times. So that, that, and I'm, I'm just, I feel like I'm at home with a bunch of friends, you know, so it makes it easy.
0: Well, we'll have you back again very soon. Again, Mark's website is the place to go. If you want to connect with him, it's MarkNelsonMedium.com.